0: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm happy to be joined here today with my good friend and colleague, Dr. Jay Duker. Welcome to Retina Synthesis, Jay.
1: Thanks, Carmen. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Jay is the chairman of the Department of Ophthalmology at the Tufts University School of Medicine, and is also director of the New England Eye Center. Recently, he assumed an additional role, which is chief strategic clinical officer at Eye Point Pharmaceuticals. So Jay, why don't you tell us a little bit about iPoint, uh, its market position, its technology, its products and its future.
1: So so iPoint is actually a company whose name not a lot of ophthalmologists necessarily know, but whose products uh, you probably do. Uh, iPoint has been around for a long time. It was originally called Controlled Delivery Systems, and its original product was the Gantt Cycler Implant, uh, which was a tremendous breakthrough in the treatment of CMV retinitis that, you know, during the early AIDS epidemic, we were seeing uh, literally thousands of new cases a year. A controlled delivery system went through several iterations, and uh, most recently, uh, several years ago, uh, the board of directors at, uh, at, at the company, which was then called Siveda, decided that they wanted to be more of a commercial company rather than a research and development company. And they reached out to me actually at that time and asked me to join the board of directors to give us some insight as to what ophthalmologists really were looking for and how the products they were developing would be a, would be acceptable to the, the ophthalmic community at the same time uh, saiveta underwent a leadership change and brought nancy lurker in as the ceo and nancy has worked really hard to uh, elevate the company as a commercial stage company Uh, the name change came around about three years ago and just after that, about two years ago, iPoint actually had two successful launches of new FDA approved products. One of them was a product that we in license called DexiQ, which is used uh, to control inflammation after ocular surgery. Uh, it's an intracameral steroid that's placed in the uh, uh, anterior chamber of the eye immediately after surgery and allows the patient to forgo topical steroid eye drops. Uh, the second product was a product that uh, the company developed in-house that's called UTIC. Uteek is a long-acting uh, corticosteroid implant that is placed in the office as an intravitreal injection, and the indication is chronic non-infectious uveitis. Uh, Utique is very effective. Uh, It's a microdose of steroid that lasts on average about three years. And the studies suggest that in patients with chronic uveitis, about 60% of eyes will be recurrence-free using Utique over that three-year period. Uh, Surprisingly, the side effects are, are fairly low. There's a fairly low incidence of elevated intraocular pressure, despite this being a corticosteroid. So those are the two uh, commercial products that the company has. Uh, as we're all well aware, you know, the, the COVID epidemic has has touched all aspects of life, and and because the primary users of Dexiq are cataract surgeons, and because cataract surgery essentially ground to a halt in this country due to COVID, Uh, the sales of Dexecute uh, during this past year have not been terrific. Uh, But things are rebounding as cataract surgery picks up again. uh, And uh, the company has signed some nice uh, commercial agreements with uh, various uh, owners and operators of various uh, surgery centers around the country, as well as with a company called Impremis to help uh, distribute Dexecute. Uh, Utique continues to do very well in the market, uh, and uh, uveitis specialists and retina specialists uh, are are using it uh, now quite frequently f- uh, to to treat uveitis. Uh, so my role in the company uh, over the past year year and a half has been a bit more of. Uh, what a board member would normally do. Uh, uh, Nancy Lurker turned to me uh, to give her some advice over strategy and pipeline and things like that. And, and finally, uh, several months ago, she came to me and said, Jay, you know, why don't we just make this formal? Uh, why don't we give you an official part time position in the company? Uh, I said sure but I don't of course don't want it to interfere with my my primary job as a retina specialist and a researcher and you know running the the department here uh, and we've made it such that um, I'm able to I believe successfully balance those two roles so so my job at, at iPoint is a bit unique uh, I, I don't have anybody necessarily uh, you know reporting to me uh, I'm involved in the development of of uh, our major pipeline product, which is called EYP 1901, which I'm happy to talk about shortly. Uh, But I'm also really assisting the company in looking at their pipeline. Uh, What iPoint does that's really unique is they've got a really terrific FDA approved delivery system for the eye. Uh, The the delivery system uh, is approved in four products. Uh, it's been uh, shown to be safe in tens of thousands of patients, and that delivery system is excellent for small molecules. and And we're able to leverage that technology to deliver other uh, small molecules and other company small molecules. and And that's the the other exciting part part about this job is is looking at the pipeline and, and trying to focus the company on on what's likely to be successful in the near future.
0: So you have a vision of the future of the treatment of macular neovascularization that is related to your work at the company?
1: Well, I I think we all would agree who treats this disease that the drugs we have to treat it are really terrific, but they don't last very long. Uh, We really like to have uh, a drug with anti vegf activity with the same safety profile of the drugs that we have now uh, that are able to consistently last more than one or two months. I mean consistently sure we've got patients who we can treat prn and they you know could go longer than that or we treat treat and extend out to 3 months but wouldn't it be great to have a consistent injection that in everybody lasted 3 to 4 or up to 6 months so that would is the vision that I've had and what got me excited about a really assisting eye point in bringing this product forward uh, the product is is called uh, Eyp1901 it's a tyrosine kinase inhibitor the active uh, product in it is called virulonib. Uh, and virulonib is actually known to the retina community because it was originally developed by a company called Tyrogenex. And Tyrogenx had originally developed it as an oral agent. Uh, the story behind virulonib is it was developed by the same uh, scientist who developed sutinib, which is FDA approved for kidney cancer. Uh, the idea was virulonib would be as effective as SUTIN, but would have less toxicity. And that's why tyrogenic said, well, if it's got less toxicity. Maybe we can deliver it orally for a wet AMD. And they did a phase one trial, uh, which yeah, was actually fairly impressive in their phase one trial. 60% of the patients who completed the trial needed no injections over six months, taking various doses of Rolinib. But unfortunately, the, the, the hope about the the safety of it didn't pan out in the phase two trial, and the phase two trial was never completed because of significant liver toxicity in the drug. But the idea is taking this TKI and putting it into the Duracert sustained release technology that's already FDA approved and having it released with zero order kinetics over a period of approximately six months. So, so,
0: so TKIs or tyrosinase kinase inhibitors are yes. really not well- understood by ophthalmologists. We understand antibodies in the right. eye, but not TKIs. Can you explain a little bit about why, sure. where TKIs uh, are involved in inhibi- inhib- yep. inhibition of neovascularization? So, so I
1: think the first thing to, to take a step back and say, well, why would you use a TKI, not an antibody or an antibody fragment? And I think the answer is quite simply, having an antibody, a protein last for months at body temperature inside the eye is not an easy thing to do. There's been a lot of companies that have tried to do it. And as of now, we still don't have any true FDA approved sustained release devices for an antibody or antibody fragment. Small molecules actually are uh, able to be worked with a little bit better in these delivery systems. And the VEGF receptor is a TK receptor, tyrosine kinase receptor. And so it makes sense to think about using a TKI for the VEGF receptor. The problem with the TKIs is they're not very specific. There are a lot of receptors in our bodies that are tyrosine kinase receptors. And therefore, you're trying to get a TKI that really is as selective as possible to the VEGF receptors uh, without causing undue side effects. Now, the nice part about delivering it as the eye is you don't have to really have to worry about those systemic toxicities. Just the same idea behind delivering, you know, a vast Uh, locally to the eye, as you and Phil Rosenfeld did many years ago in Miami. The idea is we're going to circumvent the uh, systemic side effects in doing that. And this isn't a new concept. There are companies that have worked on uh, tyrosine kinase inhibitors delivered topically to the eye to try to penetrate into the posterior segment. And the problem they ran into is not that you couldn't get enough of the drug to the back of the eye to have a positive effect, but that when you did, you often ran into corneal toxicity. So by putting the TKI to block the VEGF receptor directly into the eye, hopefully, we're gonna have a better safety profile than what's been shown in these previous studies.
0: So in in your model, how often would this, uh drug be delivered?
1: Well, we, we hope about once every six months. Uh, so the, the, the implant, the, the, this is a, an erodible form of the Duracert implant. The Duracert implant that's used, for example, in, in our boutique or Alamira's, uh drug, Eluvian, it's the same technology. Those are encased in a polyamide tube. And those polyamide tubes slow down the release rate that's why the drug can last up to three years. Uh, by the same token, the polyamide tubes don't go away. So we, as an anti-VEGF drug, we don't want one that lasts three years. The sweet spot, I think, is right around six months. And plus, if we're going to do multiple injections, we don't want a lot of these uh, non-erodible tubes to be hanging around inside the eye. Uh, hence the the uh, erodible duracer technology. So we're going to uh, really have to see in a human eye how long the... Uh, implant lasts and how long it works, but presumably what we'll be doing once we hopefully show some efficacy in the phase one trials, as we plan the phase two and phase three trials, we're going to be doing reinjections to try to prevent reactivation of the, the disease. I think similar to what Genentech did with their refillable port technology. You know, they decided in the phase three trial to refill everybody at six months, even though they had patients in the early trial, some went along as long as a year and a half without reactivation.
0: Right. Right.
1: So uh, the important thing I think in in this situation is to have a tight window to say, you know, the vast majority of patients can go four months, five months, six months without reactivation of their wet AMD. And that's really what's important is the reliability of the implant. I don't think any of us will make a big deal if we have to reinject it every four months or every versus six months versus eight months, as long as we're for those period of time, it's a reliable therapy.
0: Can you engineer the delivery system to establish a given rate?
1: Yes. So uh, there are multiple variables we can do. Uh, There's some that are obvious. The length of the implant, for example, the bore of the needle. We can put it through a 22 gauge. We can put it through a 25 gauge. We could probably put it through a 27 gauge. Uh, and so the dose of the drug, the actual amount of drug that's delivered can be a variable depending on those parameters. The other thing we actually have developed now is the technology to inject multiple implants through a single needle. So uh, if you wanna get a higher dose, you can put two or even up to three implants into an eye with a single injection. There are other things we can do in the manufacturing that can alter the release rate as well. So what we're trying to do is kind of you know get into that sweet spot of uh, a high enough dose that it reliably takes care of the vast majority of patients' wet AMD without reactivation, but not last too short, not last too long, not be too big, not be too multiple. But there are multiple parameters that the scientists at iPoint can adjust to, to account for that.
0: So in your model, you would achieve uh, structural dryness in the retina and then uh well maybe and then move on to your products so so so
1: yes and so i think that's one approach and i think it would be perfectly acceptable to most retina specialists and perfectly acceptable to have a label that might say well newly onset new onset wet amd previously untreated do three monthly injections of an antibody and then use our product as maintenance it may also be possible that our product will have enough drug release to be a primary treatment as well. We don't know that yet. But either way, uh, that th- that I think if we're able to maintain the majority of patients under a maintenance type therapy without reinjection over a period of, you know, as I said, four or five, six months, that's going to be a very successful product, whether patients have to be induced with an antibody or not.
0: What are your phase one trial design?
1: Open label, no control, dose escalation. Uh, interestingly, when we spoke to the FDA originally about the phase one trial design, they were so comfortable with virulinib as a molecule because they've seen it go through phase, phase one and phase two, and they've seen the IND from Tyrogenex, and they were so comfortable with Dursert as a delivery system, uh, they said, well, you know, you can do as few as six patients and then go right on to a phase two. Uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to do dose escalation. And then uh, presumably at the high dose that we believe is going to work, we'll do additional patients to show efficacy and get some idea down the road of how long these implants are actually lasting, which will help us design the phase two and the phase three trial. So like, like most phase ones, the primary endpoint is safety, but, but I think all of us who are involved in this, we want to show some, some sign of efficacy as well.
0: So are you going to uh, look at eyes with active macular neovascularization in this trial?
1: And we're going to do eyes that are previously treated uh, that have shown a response to an anti-VEGF. So when you say active, uh, they may not be active per se in the sense of having fluid or hemorrhage at the time they're enrolled, but they have to have been active at some point prior.
0: Right, right. Well, this is exciting, Jay, really truly is. Um,
1: but it's really been fun to be on this side of it as well. I mean, yeah. a lot of us get involved in clinical research and, uh, you know, in Retina especially, we've had terrific opportunities to partner with industry. But to actually see what goes on and lift up the, the hood and look under and say, you know, what does it take to get an IND and to get it into the clinic and all the work behind that, it's, it's really fascinating to be part of that. And the, the part that I think I've added to the company is to give them the clinical perspective. Of you know, what do clinicians want? What are we looking for? What are the things that are important to us and to our patients and to the families? And how can we try to develop a product that's not only going to work in the laboratory, but but check the boxes of all those constituents that we take care of?
0: So, what advice would you give to your colleagues that might be interested in a career in industry?
1: Well, I, I think the, the primary thing to do, and my, my general advice is do the things that you really find fun and are passionate about. You know, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I'd like a job in industry, but, but if, if you don't like problem solving and you don't like teamwork, it's, it, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to go very far. I mean, that's really what these industry approaches are. You've got problems or you're going to have a series of problems. Every day might be a different one and you've got to be able to keep an open mind and think outside the box, but work within a team. And and because these are very, very complicated issues, and the studies are very complicated. And I got to say, you know, Carmen, Hugh and I, we go way back. I don't believe, you know, when we started together, you know, 30-some years ago that that you would have said, oh, yeah, Jay, he's headed for a career in industry. You know, I I love taking care of patients, and and I still do. uh, But this is kind of how my career evolved, is that I had a certain skill set, and I really Uh, brought me joy. It brought me satisfaction to be able to help companies solve these problems.
0: And you have to have an institution that's willing to see the value of your participation in industry. Absolutely
1: absolutely and 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 i do have to say tufts is is, you know we have the same type of program that everybody has about you know the separation of church and state and, and you have to be declare all the the things that you do and be very open about it but i have no problem with that i really don't i think the only way we're going to advance our field or the field of medicine is to link with industry because this stuff is very expensive, as you well know, and that uh, just in, just grants from the government and, and and other ways of developing funding is just never going to be enough to really see these type of products through to the end.
0: Well, Jay, this has been a great conversation. I, I'm i waiting for great things from iPoint and great things from Jay Duker. Thanks Thank a you, lot. Nice our, to talk to you. Of your fans at Retina Synthesis.